chapter number 1. Verse number 16. The Bible said, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge, and thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Let's pray. Father, we love you because you first loved us. And Lord, I pray everything I just said about all that. I pray I think these people know me better than to think that I was trying to be ugly. But I think they know me enough to know I love them. Lord, I don't want to see them follow the falsehoods of this world. Satan, Satan wants a snare on these people. From the youngest to the oldest. And Lord, I pray, God, you'd help us stand straight, stand right. Father, I pray you'd help us now as we try to preach that what you, I believe you put on my heart. Lord, I, I just feel like you nudged me in this direction for this service, for these people. You knew who's going to be here tonight. And I pray, God, you'd help me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. I'm watching my time tonight. I don't want to keep you long, but I do want to give you what's on my heart. If you know what's going on in this little book of Ruth, the background of this story is there is a Jewish couple named Elimelech and Naomi. They have left their home of Bethlehem because a famine is coming to Bethlehem. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25 why there was a famine in that land. The book of Judges verses 21 or chapter 21 verse 25 it, it may be on the same page as Ruth chapter 1 according to the way your Bible's laid out. But it says this, In those days... There was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's why there was a famine in Israel. I believe that is why there's a famine, maybe not a physical famine in, in the land that we live in, but there is a spiritual famine in the land we live in because this right here is true. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. We are living in a land where everybody just does what everybody, whatever they want to do, they just do it. And it's not just in outside in the society that, that has crept into our churches. Some would call it Burger King religion has come into our churches. Have it your way. You don't like this part of this, this church, so you just go and find this part and you, you mix up this part and we're going to do it this way and we're going to do it that way and we just do whatever we want to, whatever's right in our own. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Well, I ain't been convicted of that. There's a famine. And Elimelech and, and Naomi leave, to, they, they think to save their family, they leave and they go to the land of Moab. There in the land of Moab, Elimelech dies, leaving his wife Naomi and his two sons, Malon and Chilion. Those two sons marry Moabitess women, Orpah and Ruth. And, and Ruth, of course, is the namesake of the book that we're in. And ten years later, both Malon and Chilion they die leaving their wives without any children. Get in your mind. Get in the picture here. You've got three childless widows. 
Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth. There might not have been a greater handicap in those days than to be a childless widow. Don't have a husband to take care of you. But you don't have any children to take care of you. And so Naomi gets word that bread is back in Bethlehem and, and the, 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 uh, the, uh, the famine has ended and, and she decides she's going back home. And she tells her daughters-in-law, uh, she tells both of them, go back to your families, go back to your gods, go marry you a Moabite man and be happy. I don't have any more sons for you to marry. And even if I met a man, I married him, had a son, there's no reason you should wait that long to be remarried. Go and be happy. Don't suffer in this misery that I'm suffering yet. Go on with your life. The Bible says they both wept over that. Orpah and Ruth shows that they loved their mother-in-law. There was a good relationship. And we joke around about that a lot of times about, you know, mother-in-law. I've made the joke before. The Bible says that... Uh, um, Jesus healed Peter's wife's mother. Wonder why he didn't say mother-in-law there. And I always have joked around and said because God don't put cuss words in the Bible. But, but you can't have a good relationship with your mother-in-law. Amen. You can laugh a little bit. All right. You don't have to have a monster-in-law, right? They had a good relationship with their mother-in-law. And they were wept over the idea of leaving her. But, but Orpah weeps and, and she kisses Naomi, she leaves, but not Ruth, not Ruth. Ruth makes a, can I say, a daring declaration. Ruth makes a, a definitive declaration in our text tonight where we read to you. She said this, entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be. Here's what Ruth says. She says this. No matter the cost, no matter the risk, I'm going to go wherever you Go, I'm just going to go with you. And wonder to God tonight that we would have some people on a Wednesday night, the cream of the crop, the core of the church, those that love the Lord. I don't have no any, any doubt about that. But what to God we'd have some people that would say to the Lord, whither thou goest, I will Go. I'll go wherever you go. I'll do whatever you do. I'll just go with you. I wonder tonight if there'd be some people at the White Graves Baptist Church on a Wednesday night in the uh, almost at the end of February in 2023 that would decide, I just think I'll go with God. I think I'll just go with God there's some people who have forsaken the world and are seeking him with all of their heart but then there's others who seek the Lord when times of trouble happen they seek the Lord when trials happen 
They seek the Lord with revival meetings going on, but, 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 but when things are maybe going smooth and they feel like they've got it under control, they just forget the things of God and they slip back off into carnality. And then there's others that claim to be saved, yet they never hunger and thirst after the things of God. Do you realize if you are a child of God, and you do not hunger and thirst after the things of God, you will never be filled. You'll always be empty. The Bible gives a God gives a promise that if you hunger and thirst after the things of God, you shall be filled. You're trying to fill yourself with the things of this world. Some are comfortable down in Moab. They do not desire the bread down in Bethlehem. Tonight, just for a few more minutes, I want to talk to you about I think I'll just go with God. That's what revival is anyway. Going with God. Wherever he's going, whatever he's doing, just going with God. Real quickly, Ruth's background. She is from a defiled people. She's from a defiled people. The Moabites were the offspring of Lot and his daughter. You can read about it in John, uh, Genesis chapter 19. They were a wicked people throughout the Bible. Had a wicked beginning. Not only are they wicked, they're wretched. They worship many gods. But there was one chief god that they worshiped named uh, Shemosh. And, and in, in the worship of Shemosh, they would sacrifice their babies to this god. They would give up their, I don't, mean, I don't mean just the babies in the womb. I mean babies out of the womb. They would sacrifice them to worship this false God. And then, not only that, they would give their daughters as temple prostitutes to please some God or goddess that they would worship. They were wicked. They were wretched. Well, we're living in a day where it's nothing Nothing for people who claim to know God to give their children on the sacrifice. They will give their children on the altar of some God of this world. They'll sacrifice their babies. They'll sacrifice their children. They'll sacrifice their sons and daughters to the gods of this world. And we're living in those days as well. That's Ruth's background. She's a defiled people. They were wretched. They were wicked. But God said they were worthless. You know, I thought about Ruth's life. Who knows what she may have been involved in in her lifetime. I wonder if she'd really ever seen anything decent in her, in her life before she met these Jewish people that she married into. wonder if she had ever been sold down there as a temple prostitute. wonder if she ever had to help, help her parents or some other family member sacrifice a baby on an altar to Shemosh. I wonder, I wonder what she had been through in her lifetime before she met, uh, before she met this Jewish family. I wonder the, 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 the trash that may have filled her mind, the things that she would have been exposed to. I wonder if people would have thought, but that is just a waste of time. She's worthless. She's no, there, she's no good. Many people would have judged her by her past. 
When you judge her by her past, you'd rob her of her future. I said God called her worthless. God didn't call her specifically worthless, worthless, but she, he called her people worthless. Moab, the Bible says, is at my wash pot. Over Eden will I cast my shoe. My wash pot. Not only does she have a defiled past, uh, she's from a defiled people group, she's got a real difficult present situation. Her husband's dead. She's a widow. There ain't no social security program. And Israel's commanded to take care of widows, but she's not an Israelite. And she's not in Israel. The Jews were commanded to take care of widows, but not a Moabitess widow. Not if they're living over in Moab. There ain't no social security program. And watch this. You think a culture that's okay sacrificing babies on an altar and putting their teenage girls in prostitution houses, worshiping some false god, you think they're going to take care of a widow? She's destitute. She ain't got nothing. And now, the only person she knows that's got any decency about her, her mother-in-law, is now discouraging her to go forward. She's discouraging her from making the right decision. About that. She's in a bad situation, friend. She ain't got no cash. She ain't no career woman. It seems as if she ain't got nobody who cares. She's left to fend for herself in a society, in a world that women can't fend for themselves. Are you listening? This ain't modern America after the feminist movement. Are you listening? She's left to fend for herself in a day who she would, and listen, and it may be that whatever happened back at home, she, not, she may not be welcome to go back home. We don't know. Orpah may have had a better family life back in Moab. She might not have been able to go back like Orpah was. And so she's got this, this the, the spies or defiled past. She's got a difficult present, but she's got discouraging possibilities. What do you mean? By law, she goes back to Bethlehem, or she goes to Bethlehem, Judah with Naomi. By law, she can't be part of the congregation of the Lord. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 23:3, an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. She can't, well, a lot of people can come in and be what you call a proselyte. They can take on the Jewish religion and do the Jewish custom, but not a Moabite, not an Ammonite. There's some strict law of how a Moabite gets in. So she does, the possibilities of things being good for her, going with Naomi, and you know what? Naomi knows all of that. Talking about her I'm talking about Ruth's, I'm talking about Ruth's background, but then I want you to notice Ruth's bravery. And this is where I want to get to. And this is the preaching. This is the point. This is where I'm, I want to get to tonight. It just does not seem like the easy path is going with Naomi. 
But she makes a decision not for ease. She makes a very difficult decision. I am just going to go with you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Now watch this. Naomi's not in a better situation. The only positive thing that Naomi's got going for her is she's a Jew going back to Israel. That's, that's the only positive thing she's got. She ain't got a husband. She ain't got no money. She can't go get a career. She can't fend for herself. Naomi's in a mess. And sometimes following God is not the easiest decision. If, if following God was easy, watch this, everybody would be doing it. Now, the way of the transgressor is hard. Don't get me wrong. When you follow God, that path, that path is an easier path than walking the path of the transgressor. But watch this. Sometimes it ain't easy getting on that path. And the devil don't want you staying on that path. Young person, it's not, it's not easy doing the right thing when everybody else is doing wrong. Young person, it ain't easy being clean when everybody else is dirty. Adult, it ain't easy. It ain't easy keeping your mind pure before the Lord. It's not always easy to do what you know to do is right. So this is not, she didn't take the path of least resistance. Here's what happens a lot of times in our life. We tend to dwell on what you're giving up. You dwell on what you feel like you're missing out on. Well, if I go all in with God, I'll have to stop doing this. If I go all in with God, I'll have to stop doing that. But there is nothing, there is nothing that you'll give up for serving God that won't be worth it. I mean, listen, there is absolutely nothing, whether good, bad, no matter what label it might have on, there's nothing that you might sacrifice, give up. I don't even like those words because it sounds like God is some cheap substitute, but there's nothing you won't leave behind, repent of, and give to God that it is not worth, it is worth serving Jesus. It is worth following him. Very few if any of her friends and family are going to encourage her to go with Naomi, you might be in that situation. You might be in that situation where very few of your friends and family will encourage you to follow God. And, and, and then some of them that wanted you to be saved, they didn't want you to get that saved. They wanted you to stop being a doper and a drunkard and wanted you to stop, stop being abusive and they wanted you to stop being such a bad person but they didn't want you to go that far. Listen, she was raised in a different culture. She was raised under different conditions. She was raised under different conviction. Humanly speaking, it would not have made sense for her to leave everything and step out on faith following Naomi. Now watch this. The first thing you've got to overcome in, in, in decision making is the rut you're stuck in. Are you listening? The first thing you've got, the, 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 the first 
thing you got to overcome in decision making of following God, you got to th- you got to overcome that rut. You're saying, you know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with the ends knocked out. That's what a rut is. It's a grave with the ends knocked out. What you've got to see is I'm in a rut. I'm in a rut. That's why we need. That's why we need revived in our hearts. That's why we need revived in our souls. That's why we need revived in our homes. Because we're in a rut. We just get in a rut in a routine. What you've got to do is you've got to overcome that. It's not easy getting out of a rut. It's not easy, but it's a difficult decision. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to me. It's not an emotional decision, but a decisive decision. Listen to me. I have been in so many places where I made some emotional decisions that never stuck. I'm talking about God on the altar, whether it be here in a, per, in a church service or in my office or at my house or what, and got an emotional stir. Wept tears and shouted and all that kind of stuff and said, oh God, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And never did nothing. Listen to me. God is the God of your emotions. I'm not saying that, but God doesn't want you to follow him. Watch this, without first counting the cost. You know why? I done told you, I say this all the time, but it is so foolish. God said this is foolish for a man to set out to build a tower and not to count the cost. Said because he'll go and lay a foundation, run out of money to build the rest of it, and they'll mock him for it. What kind of fool of a king would try to go to war without seeing what he's got in the ammo? What kind of men he's got to go against the war, the, uh, the enemy? That's a that's a foolish king. And the context is not about building projects or war. Are you listening? The context is about serving Jesus. You better read your Bible in context. Now, should you count costs before you go on a building project? Duh. Should, should you count the costs before you go to war? Duh. That's a no-brainer. Duh. But what's not a no-brainer is you better count costs before you try, think you're going to follow Jesus wherever he goes. You make an emotional decision and your life will be a wreck. He wants you to count the cost. Because here's what he knows. Y'all listening? Here's what God knows. God knows more than we do. He knows this. You make a mindless decision based on emotions, you'll quit when things get tough. You know why he knows that? Because he's God. You know why I know that's true? Because I've seen it happen in my own life. I make a decision on emotion. Oh God, I'm gonna stay up all night and pray and read my Bible and not sleep. I'm gonna fast my sleep and I'm gonna fast with, I'm gonna fast food for a week and I'm gonna and then then I got real sleepy. I'm just giving you a basic practical example. And I got real hungry. Because I mu- didn't sit down and count the cost. That's just a simple thing. That's just a little simple thing. But you know what? There's been some bigger stuff that I promised God I was gonna do and didn't sit down and think. Through. And the first sign of trouble, I was done. Nope. Watch this. It was not an emotional decision, but it was defi- it was decisive. 
She wasn't just caught up in the emotions. Luke 14, verse 25 through 35. You write it down, you go read it later. I'm hurrying. But there's some things that would cost Ruth for her to follow, and it, it would cost us too. Luke 14, Jesus said, it at first it'll cost you love. She said, a man, if he said, if a man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, it'll cost you your love. You're gonna follow him. I think I'll just go with God. Well, it'll cost you your love. Your love for God, your love for Christ, the things of God, compared to everything else. It looks like you hate everything else. And watch this. Some people will say, you just hate me, don't you? You just hate me, don't you? You love God. You fall in love with God and look like you hate everything else. And watch it. It's the kind of love that will make you change what you've, what you've always been doing. You fell in love with your wife, your whole life changed. There's things that I never did until I got married. When it's just when I just had to worry about myself. And watch this. There's things that I'd never do if I was if I wasn't married. My love for that woman changed everything about my life. There's stuff I would never never, never even thought about. I did not have a wife. Love for my children changed my whole life. I never would have thought about that had I not had children. Love, love for the Lord will change your life and it will change what you've always done. Watch this. It will make you change what you believe because you've been taught it your whole life. There's some things you might have been taught that's wrong. Sure enough, you went to a school like I went to, you was taught some wrong stuff. Amen. You listen to any of this worldly news outlets, you're going to be taught some wrong stuff. But loving the Lord will make you change it. Not because you hate, not surely hate who taught you, hate your family, not like, it's just you love the Lord enough that you're going to follow what he said. It's the kind of love that draws a missionary across the world. It's the kind of love that would cause Muslim or Orthodox Jew or somebody of the, or Hindu or something like that. I'm talking about real strict ones. It's the kind of love that'll cause them when they get born again to be shunned by their family as if they never existed because they love the Lord so much when He saved their soul. It's that kind of love. So, so, so down down in America, you don't give up much to follow Jesus. But you're going to, have to give up your love. You're going to, have to give up your loyalty. He said, you have to bear his cross. You have to bear your cross. See, it's the kind of loyalty that's resolute. It's faithful. It's persistence regardless of the circumstances. I just don't feel like serving today. As many people that claim they want to follow Christ, but few want to bear the cross. But you're going to have to give your loyalty up if you're going to follow. You're going to have to give your love up. You're going to have to give your life up. Even, he said this, hate his own life. It's all in Luke 14. See, when Ruth got down to Beth, Bethlehem, Judah, they could have treated her like a dog or an outcast. They could have starved her to death. Do you know what? She said, I'm going to lose my life. She said, this spirit, so I'm going to lose my life. She said, thy God be my God. I'm done with the gods of Moab. I'm done with the gods of this world. 
I want your God. She risked her life. You might have to give, you know what you're going to have to do to follow Jesus? You're going to have to lay down your life. Because it's not about you. It's about him. It's about him increasing and us decreasing. It was not an emotional decision. It was decisive. She knew all of that. But last one, I'm done. It was not an empty decision. But it was determined. So it wasn't, wasn't an easy decision. It was difficult. It wasn't an emotional decision. It was decisive. It was not an empty decision. It was determined. Listen to me. Ruth was not just trying to sound like a good daughter-in-law. It's high time we stop just trying to sound like a good Christian. It's high time we stop trying to look like a good Christian. It's high time we start being a good Christian. Ruth wasn't just trying to sound like a good daughter-in-law. As far as we know, it was just her and Naomi there. Nobody knew but them too. And watch this. She wasn't just saying what Naomi wanted to hear because Naomi didn't want to hear that. She says it and Naomi tries again. No, you can't go with me. She's determined. Here's how determined she is. Her last statement said this. Or uh, verse number 17, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. Watch this. She said, the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. You serious about this thing? I just wonder in 2023, in the darkness of the hour that we live in, wonder if there'd be some people on Wednesday night that would just get serious with God. I wonder if there'd be some adults who just get serious for God. I wonder if there'd be some young people who just say, I'm just going to get serious for God. No matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, we are in high time for somebody to get serious for God. Stop playing games. Listen, this is the cream of the crop. This say, and, and only I'm preaching this because I think you ain't. I'm saying this, I need this. If nobody else needs this message, Will Allen needs this message. Because, because listen, listen, I, I am tempted to throw in the towel. I am tempted to get off course. I am tempted to not follow God like I ought to. I am tempted to go my own way. I need to be reminded to go with God. Just go with God. No matter what the world's doing, no matter where they're headed and what the direction they're going, it doesn't matter even what the church is doing and where they're headed, I just need to go with God. It wasn't empty, it was determined. I ask you tonight, what, where's your heart at? Are you looking for the easy road? Are you just full of emotional decisions? And that's not what I'm looking for tonight. Or are you looking for some empty something just to make somebody think you're a good Christian? Because it don't matter what the preacher thinks. It don't matter what the people thinks. God knows. God. Brother Tim, if you come play soft. Let me give you this. Here's the positive of all this, all right? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Here's the positive. We're in a gimme, gimme, gimme society, right? What's in it for me? I'll tell you what. You follow God. Number one, Ruth found there was substance down in Bethlehem. 
She left Moab at Washpot. She left, and we don't know, we don't know what would have happened if she'd have stayed down in Moab. She might have lived or whatever. But watch this. She left Moab the washpot and went down to the house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means. She found something. Listen, there's bread in the will of God. We want to quote that verse about his about his the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. We sure don't live real righteous, do we? But I promise you, you live a righteous life, you follow the will of God, there's always going to be bread. There's always going to be sustenance. There's always going to be everything. He's a God that takes care of every need and he does it right. It may not be everything. Listen, it ain't always filet mignons or ribeyes, but I ain't never went hungry. I'm talking about physically. Never went hungry. Amen. Ain't always been the nicest house on the block, but I ain't never had to sleep outside except by choice. Now, I've slept outside, but it ain't been because I had to. Are you listening? May not have the finest. I don't even know what the finest brands are called. I don't even know what the finest brands of clothes there are. I don't know what they are. Never, may not have the finest, but buddy, I ain't never had to go without clothes. Amen. She had sustenance. Watch this. She found satisfaction. If she'd have stayed down in Moab, she'd have been alone, fearful. She'd have been, she'd have, she'd have had pain. Staying down there in Moab, you think about all the reminders she'd have of her, of her late husband, all the reminders she'd have of that, that life she was living outside of that false god worship. All that pain and misery and fear. When she got down to Bethlehem, all that went away. She's satisfied. See, Moab will never satisfy. I done said it. You hunger and thirst after things of this world, you'll never be filled. But you hunger and thirst after things of God, you will be satisfied, friend. I am a satisfied customer of the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand before you tonight if this be my last night ever standing. I am satisfied with the Lord. I am more than satisfied. He has took very good care of me. You'll find satisfaction. Oh, you may enjoy the things of this world for a season, but they have no lasting value. They're empty. They're void of substance, but there is satisfaction in the Lord Jesus. Watch this. She found a sweet companion down there in Bethlehem. There was a mighty man named Boaz that looked across the field and said, who is that little girl? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He, he said, I want to know more about her. And he got to knowing who she was. And she, he started leaving handfuls of purpose out there. And all of a sudden, she found a sweet companion that bought her from that near kinsman and brought her in. And listen, she had a sickly a sickly husband down there in Moab ended up dying, couldn't take care of her. But all she found there in Bethlehem, a Boaz, a strong, mighty, rich man that could take real good care of her. Hey, listen, there's some sweet companions when you're serving the Lord. Amen. Well, I've got the closest friends I've ever had is the ones serving Jesus with me. The people that, that's got my back more than I've ever had before in my life is the people serving Jesus with me. You folks before me right now, sweet companions in this same serving Jesus. And had we not been serving Jesus, we'd never even known each other. 
thank God for the sweet companions we have. Serving. Well, watch this. Watch this. The best thing of it all. Y'all ready? She found a Savior. She found a Savior. This thing's all about Jesus, y'all. There's four women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Four of them. You got Tamar, Rahab, Uriah's wife. She got Ruth. She got Ruth. She's a grandmother of grace. She's a nobody from Moab. Nobody else would even noticed her. But God used her to bring the Savior into the world. She's a direct, right down the line, right down the line from her, from her, her and Boaz, had that little baby Obed. Obed had Jesse. Jesse had David. Down through the line of David came our Savior in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Came a little baby born in Bethlehem. Fourteen generations down the road. Well, I get to be seventeen generations down the road from Ruth. The Savior came into the world. She found a Savior down in Bethlehem. Of Moabite who never should have been a part of the family of God. Who never should have been a part of the house of Israel. Was brought in by a Savior. And thank God it's all about Jesus tonight. You think you just follow God. It won't be about you. And it ain't about Ruth. It ain't about Boaz. It's about the Savior. It's about Jesus. Jesus tonight. Won't you just go with God tonight? Won't you just fall in love with Jesus tonight? Won't you just go all the way? I'm just getting all the way in with God. Just jump out all the way with Jesus. It's not a leap into the dark, friend. It's a leap into the light. It's not walking in darkness. It's walking in light when you walk by faith. I wonder if they just be some people say, I just think I'll just go with God tonight. On a Wednesday night, just a Wednesday night, just a normal Wednesday night. When somebody just say, I'd go with God. Let's all stand heads bowed and eyes closed. He's playing this good song. Brother Tyler, you know this song? Why don't you come sing this good song? And I just wonder if there'd be somebody say, I'm going to go with God. What if I'd be a young person? I'm going to go with God. Don't know what all that means, but I'm going to go with it. She had no idea what it meant to follow Naomi into Bethlehem. She said, I'm going to go with you. Don't exactly know what all it means, Lord, but I'm going to say, you know what y'all do, young person? Y'all do, old person? Young person, middle-aged person, person, person. Watch this. Get you a blank piece of paper. Sign the bottom. It's all right, Lord, this is my contract. I sign the bottom. You fill out the rest. I'm just going to sign my name to it, Lord, and whatever you want, you got it. Whatever you want, you got it. I sign the bottom. Sign the dotted line. You fill out the contract. I think I'll just go with God. There's some altar, altar praying, some in the pew praying. Brother Tyler's going to sing. You do business with God tonight.